group of 13 down to 12 with missing Ralph Street. Tim Robertson, goodness me, what has happened to Tim? Because he is 44 seconds. Oh my God. Magnus Tivet. Oh, oh, oh. I think he read the course wrong there. And ran the wrong direction. And it was some minutes waste there. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Orienteer Pod. I'm going to apologize again. I, I think I apologized last episode for not doing an episode on time. And now here we are several weeks into the future having not recorded anything. So we're sorry about that. But uh, life has got in the way. But somehow we've managed to organize ourselves and we're ready for a new episode. So good to see you boys. The difference for me uh listeners is that both the boys are on the same screen because they're hanging out together very jealous how's it going that's good you were invited but you're not here what's the story um i just fancied a bit of time at home after world champs basically Um, yeah right now we are sitting in sweden the place called vilviken imepiesmos tim's girlfriend's summer house and we're just hanging out a bit. Some is training more than others, and yeah, just chilling, basically. Uh, you guys have been on quite a lot of training camps together. How successful is this one at the moment? I would say compared to the last training camp we had together in Aarhus, is a really big success. Nice. Where we, during the eight or nine days we were together, had like 5K running in total. We are both ahead of that schedule. Yeah, yeah, we've run at least twice as much as we did in Aarhus already, and we've still got a week to go. So the numbers are looking pretty positive. But compared to our best training camp, uh, yeah, we're we're lacking, f- falling well behind our best training. What is camp. your what is your best training camp? I was just thinking that it was probably the one that we had here before I went to Bathurst for the cross country. That was in the in the autumn. I was here for two weeks, and um, we were both training for a ten k road race which none of us uh, went to in the end, but um, it was still good training. Before that, we've been on two other training camps, I suppose. One in Kenya for a month, where I broke my pelvis. That yeah. was shaping up to be the best training camp. And then Magnus tried to jump over a ditch and broke his pelvis about two or three days before flying home. So that was quite disappointing, but it was a positive camp on my side. Before I jumped that ditch, I probably overtrained for like four or five months but um yeah and then we also went to us last year for months where both of us were sick for a week i think yeah we were a bit unlucky with the snow quite a bit of snow up in flagstaff where we were based so each week it would melt and then we'd get excited because we could do some outdoor sessions again and then the next dump of snow would come but i think on the whole that camp was a success as well yeah, it sounds pretty bad maybe when we tell it like this, but in general, we had some good times and good trainings. And um, I will hope that next time we can have Ralph on the game too. I don't know why it should be, but it should be all the boys training together. Yeah, we still haven't done that. You and I have been on the camp, Ralph, an orienteering camp in Latvia. That was quite successful. That was a, that was a fun camp. Yeah. And I remember on your camp, I was actually training with you for relay training. So I was actually there. You joined the Danish team. And um, I remember I remember you guys being there. Big fans of the Danish team. They're lovely. They always let people train with them. Yeah. 
And then I've been in Oslo with Ralph a couple of times, but not like for training camp. Not really. We've been training a bit, but doesn't count as a camp. Is that where the do it loop originated? Yeah. Um, Magnus wanted to go for a 35 minute gravel loop or something and ran around the lake. And now that's the do it loop around the, around the lake. I remember there so, went a lot of playing into that loop. Like you found like 10 different maps and showed me all the possibilities. Really tried to make sure we wouldn't mess it up in order for me I to be so convinced you were going to get lost. And I was, I didn't want you to get lost. You know, you had this race the next day. I was like, if he wants to run 35 minutes or 40 minutes, whatever it was, he's going to run exactly that. I was terrified. I could imagine you just running off into Ostmarka and disappearing and never being seen again. I was slightly offended because that was maybe a year after I went off on cheering for a bit. So like you didn't really believe in my navigation skills after only one year. I'm really sorry, Magnus. After going orienteering with him yesterday, I think you'll find to have that that belief anyway. <laughs> we we had some issues on the Autogen training map that we ran on yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really want to come much into that. We went to Ireland orienteering. It was pretty fun, actually. And we had to kayak there almost 7K each way. And Tim has been prepared a long run for us on an Autogen map. So like that was a hard start, not having like a real map. And when we got there, I realized I forgot my compass. But I was like half happy because then I got an excuse for like not doing well. I think we were like about five or six controls and I got like more or less completely lost. Lost like three or four minutes and Tim left me. I thought he was ahead of me. So I continued the course and waited for him about halfway through for quite a while. And he eventually showed up. It was a very strategic place you waited because... Tim made a course where we had three water passages, not just like jumping a, a small stream, but like swimming in the ocean for like 80 meters. And we were a bit worried because we didn't really have any sealed plastic bags. So like imagine being way out there and losing the maps in the ocean. But Tim found a pretty smart method where he would torch a a stick. What is it called? A knife. I was burning a knife or heating up a knife. And then sealing the plastic bag with the back of the knife, just running it down the the plastic and melting it together. Quite resourceful. So top tips if you ever want to waterproof your mat bag. Yeah, but after all these water passages, I was all confused. And um, Tim got a bit ahead of me and he actually waited at the control for me. Then I found the control. I thought it wasn't the control. Then I got all anxious because I thought he would like have dropped me again. So I just launched it to try catch him back in to only eventually being like now i'm getting all the way to the finish and um i thought i should just follow the ocean but i followed the ocean on the wrong side of the island (laughs) so i put in like 2k in the wrong direction before i realized yeah just to give some perspective of how big the mistakes were i think i i had 13 kilometers for the for the course and what did you have i think it was like 16 16 and a half (laughs) (laughs) so some mistakes were made I just remember I just stopped my watch and stood there for two minutes to yeah, collect my thoughts a bit before <laughs> heading home. The compass would have been a great excuse, but on the way to the second control, you were so proud of yourself that you could run better with the compass than without it. Oh, sorry, better without it than with it. Yeah, <laughs> we went through all the emotion yesterday. Yeah, it was a long day in the forest. 
So if people are wondering why I'm not on Strava, it's because I'm trying to get my shit together running-wise, orienteering-wise, before I can share anything. It's um, it's a mission. A lot of people have this view of like, oh, I need to like train before I can show that I'm training. And I'm not sure, like, can't why can't we see your uh, your Strava content, Magnus? Yeah, I'm sometimes asking myself. You know, people that... that like, not everyone's an elite athlete. You know, some people want to, want to see, you know, the build up or the work that goes behind the scenes with rehab and, you know, even great orienteers like yourself, Danish champ silver medalist, sometimes get lost. I think the last time I got off Strava because I think I was quite busy and it can be quite a lot of work twice a day, make the Strava look nice. And I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so I've got like all stress if I, for instance, get like a treadmill session and doesn't get the distance right or all of that. And after being off a period, just never started again. I don't really have any good excuse, to be honest. Maybe you've, got to think of it. you've either got to think of Strava as social media or you've got to think of it as your training diary. And if it's your training diary, you should put everything in there. Otherwise, how are you going to know what's happened? To me, it's definitely not a training diary. It's more like a oh, social okay. thing. Yeah, Magnus okay. has got yeah. quite an extensive Excel spreadsheet with all sorts oh. of formulas. So that's the training log. How good are you at Excel, Magnus? I used to be pretty good. And um, at some point, I learned how to program. And after being better programming, I thought Excel was a bit, a bit lame compared to that. So now I'm just reusing my old training diaries I, I made back then. You know, but, there's an Excel World Championships. Is there? This I have came up that. on my uh, Instagram feed when I was mm. trying to sleep after one of the World Champs races. Quite exciting. Uh, yeah, I could get behind watching that. But Ralph, I remember you at some point, you only shared a bit on Strava. Then I think like we had a discussion about it. And ever since then, you've been like posting to what I believe all your training, if I'm not mistaken. It all, yeah, well, now I've connected my Garmin to Strava. So everything automatically uploads. But I don't, like I try and filter some of the stuff which I don't think people are interested in. Like a 10 minute warm up. I don't put that on public. Um, and I don't log any indoor training or anything. So it's so Strava's my social media. Sounds like I'm using it the most out of the three of us. I am putting up indoor trainings in five and ten minute little jogs before and after sessions. <laughs> I'm on a your Strava, phone, Strava pissed. On your phone, you can like you can mute an activity so it ends up on your profile but not on the feed. So that yeah, way, well, Magnus's whole yeah. Magnus has all of his sessions on Strava. They're just not visible to any of the followers. It's just defaulted to to mute, I think. Okay, uh, or so private, or private. Yeah, but uh, yeah, team team is pretty glad in Strava. Every time we've been doing a training together, I can't really communicate with him before it's uploaded and it looks nice in Strava. Emma says that quite often too. When I come home, she has to give me ten or fifteen minutes to put down my title and a caption. But I'd say now I've got a bit of a process. I think that's the key. Like I come back and I name the route after some place that I was during the run and that's it. So I don't have to think when I get back. I just have to put in my shoes and say where I ran. I find it quite shoes as well, logging, logging kilometers actually with my shoes. Nice. So you, you're, there's no afternoon runs on your Strava. It's all something else, is it? It's all named after normally the furthest away place that I get to on my run. Ooh. 
And Ralph, I believe you're still using attack point. Yeah. Maybe you're a bit obsessed with that, or used to be. Well, I've been had. I've had it such a while that it's everything's there basically. That must be Since... quite cool being able to look back. Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> Fifteen years probably of training on there. I don't know if it's a thing, but is there some attack point battle going on with you, Peter Huckinson and Chris Jones? Some British battle there. I don't know really how attack point works. Yeah, have you? Have you? I sense you know something here because there was a there was a battle for most log hits per week or something. Yeah. There's a there's a leaderboard and it was very close between myself, Peter Hodkinson, and Chris Jones. But then Chris got rather good at running, so lots of people like to look at his. And Peter got extremely injured, so people didn't really enjoy looking at his uh, cross training and strength training. But I think Peter's still high up on the list, actually. I think. Yeah, maybe he got some good captions for his. But we all got completely dominated when Thierry Georgiou started logging on Zach Point. Yeah, that was in 2016, wasn't it? For walk in Sweden, I believe. He had a full year there. Yeah. Maybe even towards Estonia as well. That was pretty cool to. Yeah, because he was actually. really thoughtful and was sharing all kinds of articles. He found it interesting and stuff. Yeah, and maps. And I think people were just astonished, like, what he did, basically. Yeah, there was some reason behind why he was a good on cheering, I reckon. Yeah. Peter is Peter is number three on popular training logs. I am number two, and Chris Jones is number one. So there was something there. Got to pump those numbers up. We had quite uh, an interesting Peter, yeah. discussion in the sauna the other day about whether some of these things we do to motivate ourselves for training so magnus has got his spreadsheet and when he gets back from a session he puts in all of his numbers and can compare it to previous sessions that he's done i've got a sort of similar thing that i do and then i have these um heat maps on strava that i quite like playing around with so every time i do a loop i try to run one street different if i'm at home in north shopping or if i'm in a new country or a new place i try to go out of my way a little bit to run a nice loop so that I can see later where I've been in the world. And that's something that keeps me motivated to keep finding new areas to run in. It's pretty fun to see how North Shipping, where Tim is based, how it's, it's just glowing. Like, And that reminds me a little bit about, I don't know if you've seen it, but Andreas Bosen from Roskiller, my previous teammate on the national team, he had a thing where he would run every single street in Helsinki. Like literally every street he will he will go to, so he will, every day he will find new streets, and the end he could just like paint the whole thing. So that is basically Tim's plan for the whole world in the end, <laughs> I reckon. Pretty incredible. Yeah, Murray Strain had a thing, but he was going to try and run every street in Edinburgh in order from A to Z. Oh, that was that was his thing. Oh, it's so, interesting. No, I to mean, hear. cool to have these a lot of challenges. Uh, I think a lot of top runners have got something like that that has just become a part of their routine. I know Yannick starts all of his runs on a 0, zero or a zero 05 or a um, 15. Isn't it quarters? Quarters or 10s. I think 05 is okay as well. 05s are definitely okay. Yeah, incredible. It looks pretty pretty when you're scrolling through his activities. It's <laughs> like... I can't argue with that. It's so streamlined. Like So how rough... It's been one week since uh, walk in Switzerland. How were your experience? 
Um, Starting with the middle distance. Uh, well, I qualified. So that was good. And uh, and then the start list came out and I saw that Tim was going to start two minutes in front of me. So that was fun. What did they make you think? Did you have like some thoughts um, about that? I, I thought I was backing myself to see Tim at some point on the course. But I was like, you can't get distracted when you catch him. Don't don't get distracted. You know, do your own orienteering. It'll be fine. When you catch him. Yeah. When I catch him. I don't know. I don't know. You know, 15 minutes in, 20 minutes in. I then... was expecting to see you too, but I was hoping it wouldn't be the first control. <laughs> I remember seeing your GPS and um, I know it's um, it's a bit sad because I know how well you try to prepare, but you went to um, a wrong order of controls. But was that like to try and meet Tim? Well, I'd sort of got, yeah, I got away from Tim and then I just, I needed to take a bit of extra distance to see him again. So. Oh, you even yeah. overtook him before that. Yeah. So I caught, I caught Tim at the first control and then we ran, we didn't actually run together at all. No. But we, I like, I could see you in the forest. No. And then Tim went a bit wrong one place and I thought, felt that I got a bit away. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And then 20, I did this horrendous mistake where I ran, yeah, I ran from eight to thirteen. Um, I was tired. The lines were kind of close. Yeah, it was and, a bit uh, sad because yeah. I was watching the stream and um it seemed like you're doing pretty well, at least um from your starting position. And suddenly you were all gone. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean I had a I I did a really good race. Apart from um you were I even nailed that thirteenth control. Yeah. Yeah, true. But the weird thing about stuff like that, when you're sitting in the sofa, you're like, how would that even happen? And when I'm running on chain, I'm like, stuff like that happens to me like quite often, like something similar. It's just in the heat like of to the, the moment. To the wrong control. I've done that before. Okay. I've I remember in a, in a jig, jig relay, yeah. I ran to uh, the control after. It was pretty stupid. We were in the lead. Suddenly we were, was not in the lead anymore. I mean, I think everyone's done it. But um, it's just a real shame to have done it at World Champs, basically. Yeah. So, How did you collect yourself after? I guess when you see the wrong control, you're like, it's hard to really recover from that. Yeah. I think like in the back of my mind, or what I tried to think was you've had a really good race up until this point, And you, this isn't a terrible mistake. Like, okay, you've lost some minutes, but if you do a good race the rest of the way, then it's it's not the end of the world. And it's really difficult to rain. Anything can happen. Yeah, Matthias Cooper too won with two minutes, right? Yeah. Or something like that. So he probably could have done your mistake and still won. Probably. I think that's a I think that's a really good time he set on that course. Yeah. I remember watching the stream and he came up to the first radio and I was like, which control didn't he take? He had like more than a minute lead after like twelve minutes. That's yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. He really know how to do well when it matters. What about you, Tim, and your race? Yeah, well, as we just spoke about, I had a bit of a miss on the first control. I was actually running really well um, to the first and saw Martin Hoodman there, and he was my two-minute man. And I was just a little bit to the left of the control and missed seeing it to the to the right of me. And then when I tried to relocate, I was on a small path that I got mixed up with another path that was on the map and made a little parallel error and ended up in number two. And when I got back to number one, Ralph was there. 
And then we were flying through the next couple of controls. I think I probably pushed it over my limit for my current shape. So I really struggled towards the end of the course because I'd pushed a bit too hard in the middle. But I knew that my physical shape wasn't the best going into the race. And after having several mistakes, um, yeah, I guess I knew that it wasn't going to be the best result or what I was after. Watching the map, it really looked like a nice and fine forest. How were you ex experienced there? Was it like that? It was just totally wide, a lot of condos? Was it nice and runnable? No. <laughs> At least that wasn't my experience. It's really weird to describe, but like basically the, the visibility is very, very low, generally. Both because the vegetation is quite like a lot of vegetation, but also the shapes are enormous. So you can't, usually you can maybe see over knolls or small hills and kind of see what's behind them. But on this area, when the small hills are like five, six meters high, you you lose all that sense of perspective. You can't see anything. So really challenging orienteering. Although I think the final terrain was easier than some of the training areas or the the main training area. The Crestasee or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah. And none of you ran the long distance, am I correct? No, lazy. We're lazy boys. Was it like uh, because you were not selected or you had something else on your mind? Um, well, I, I mean, I wasn't picked, but I wasn't trying to get picked either. And I made the decision quite early on that I wasn't going to race all of the races and decided that I wanted to focus on the middle instead of the long and run the relay. I guess like the full program is pretty tough. Four races in five days. But then you both did the relay. Yeah. That was brutal. Yeah. A lot of climbing, a lot of walking on my part. But it was yeah, we... New Zealand's best result in the three-man relay. We've had some better results when back when it was a four-man relay, but uh, we were quite happy to finish in 15. Really? Hmm. Really? Yeah. We also I'm, won I'm, the... I'm sure that you'd have, you've had a better team before. Yeah, well, we were checking the archives. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm quite sure 15th was our best. We've been higher in the sprint relay, but not in the forest relay. I'm actually going to look this up. And we won the new Tri-Nations series. So, so between Great Britain, Australia and New Zealand, that was... Did you win it? Worth celebrating. Yeah, we were ahead of the Brits and the Aussies. I'm quite surprised to hear that Great Britain was not in the uh, 15. Um, Britain's joint worst ever relay result, 17th. Oh, sad. Yeah, the other sad thing is that I was part of the the other one, the other joint worst one. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. to make up for it, you've been a part of the best one as well, haven't you? Uh, best sprint relay, yeah. Best sprint relay, not not in the forest. No, but um, one of the best forest relays yeah, as well. Does that make yeah. you a sprint specialist? <laughs> Definitely not. Sprint sprint relay specialist. You were sixteenth in Great Britain. We were. That yeah. was our second yeah, best. 15th in Switzerland, yeah. yeah. 17th, nice. I think, in Latvia. was also a good one for us. 17th in Latvia. Yeah, excellent. Well done, Tim. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a shame we didn't buy that trophy that we yeah. were looking for. Yeah. What trophy? Uh, we're after a trophy for the Tri-Nations series that I just mentioned. So if anyone's got some ugly piece of furniture lying around that they think would be a good trophy, please send it to us ideally not too big because at the moment it looks like it's going to have to fly back to new zealand yeah so something often. you can fit in your carry-on luggage take home that'd be great 
That reminds me of something, Ralph, that um, on the middle qualification, you were looking for a lot of objects, or can you tell us more about that? I think you know what I'm referring to. Why don't, shall, I play the, shall I play the clip? Yeah, do I have it? Uh, I can get it, but we might need to cut. If we cut this recording now, I can. we can open with the clip, basically. It's a good transition. I think it's my new favorite Pierre Forsberg phrase. <laughs> I don't know. I did not map this. <laughs> a small teaser. Let's let's. This is gonna. This is too fun, boys. We're gonna have to play the clip, and then we'll have to. Um, and then we'll go into it. Running right there for Ralph. So this will be a new eighth best time. No ninth. Ninth. Also, small mistake at the last control. The Capricorn is not easy to find. Yes. This is the finish. This is the finish, Ralph. Welcome. Yeah. I don't know. I have not mapped this. So, the story is that um, there were. T- well, how should I, how should I start? Where should I start? You come out of the forest, you're looking for the last control. You're a bit stressed. It's the qualification, and you look on your map, and there's a black X, and you know because you know your IRF uh, sim- mapping symbols that a black X is a man-made feature, and you look up. And there's this 10 meter high inflatable goat right next to where you think the last control is going to be. So you go, brilliant. I'm going to leg it down this this hill, this goat. And the closer you get to the goat, the more you realize there's not a control that you can see next to this goat. So you're thinking, well, it's obviously got to be on the other side of the goat then. But because you started late, you're thinking, where's the track from all the other competitors running to this goat? So you hop around the goat and the control's not there. And then you realize that kind of everyone's shouting at you in a kind of weird way. So you look over to your left and there's this tiny little wooden goat about a meter high with a control next to it. So you run to that and you get it. And all the while, Per Forsberg is there going, here comes Ralph Street. He's done an okay job, but he's not really very good at orienteering because he can't find this last control, which is obvious to everyone apart from those people who are looking for a giant inflatable goat with a control next to it. So... Being the bad boy of orienteering and generally an old angry man, I complained to Fesh Perforsberg while I was on the run-in that it's quite difficult to find a man-made feature next to a massive man-made feature that's not on the map. And Perforsberg quite rightly told me that he's not the mapper that it, and it's not his fault. <laughs> I like the conversation you're going with him. You might be the first person I've ever heard having a conversation with the commentator up the finish shoot in any sport. <laughs> I think a lot of people did it, but I was the only one who got triggered enough to tell Per Forsberg that I was not happy. But wasn't there a bulletin saying there was like a big inflatable goat and a wooden goat? Well, after the, the team leaders meeting before the long distance, they said, we know there were some problems finding the last control today. There will be an inflatable goat, but it will not be anywhere near... The, the like last control the last control will be on a goat a wooden goat and if you'd have read bulletin four you'd have seen that the goat is always going to be the last control but a tiny wooden goat so you shouldn't even been looking for this inflatable one did you read bulletin yeah. four looking you shouldn't be looking for the inflatable goat no you should no don't look for the inflatable goat look for the wooden goat and it's not a goat it's a capricorn <laughs> or something like that did you read bulletin four not that bit Maybe you saw it said goat or something and you're like, that's weird. I've been traumatized. Might be one of the only perks of coming from a small nation. We uh, read the bulletin ourselves. 
but did you know did you 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 knew that the goat that was a wooden yeah, I'd, goat? I'd picked out that yeah. that it uh, was on this little wooden goat and not the massive one. Gotcha. I could also see yeah. it when I came down the hill, but I guess you were just so fixated on this giant man-made object. I was a bit confused when I came out of the forest, and so then I was wasn't really sure which direction to go, and I looked up and. I was also confused by the... I was confused. I was generally confused a lot, actually, in Switzerland. You definitely weren't the only one. And I was watching the long distance, the TV broadcast there, and there were a lot of people having trouble in the long distance coming around this uh, big, long bend into the finish chute, and they tucked the last control slightly up. They had to do like a 90-degree turn to the left, and they tucked the control yeah. just around the corner. So people were coming around and basically stopping mid-finish shoot, mid-finish sprint in the long distance, not seeing the control and not knowing whether they'd gone past it and needed to go back. So you definitely were the only one. Surely it's for TV, isn't it? Because it's just pointless. It's just annoying. It's just, it creates problems. It does create no benefit to the runners. It's just like when you're tired from a long run, like you want stuff to be obvious to the runner. Especially tricky on a 1 to 15,000 long distance map where they can't even show the lines curving around like they did in reality yeah so, so to any organizers listening to this only use one goat don't use two goats as you might have realized i'm quite kind of traumatized by this whole experience so to help get over this i've created a, a quiz which is called what does the goat say the there will be five questions and you've got to identify which one is a goat I think we you don't have to buzz in. You don't have to buzz in. You can just either write them down or, or just remember them. So are you ready for you ready for question number one? Is there only one goat? Go, goat, goat or no goat? Yes. That sounded like a chicken. Maybe like a baby goat. I'm locking in chicken. Yeah, I was not goat. Not goat on that. Great. Question two. Question two. <laughs> that was definitely... Not a goat. Not a goat. Going pig. Do you want the correct answers? We can sum it up in the end, I reckon. Okay. Go through. Question Keep three. Going. Question three. No goat. I know what it is in Danish. What is the A donkey. Yeah, it must be a donkey. It's a donkey. Sorry, I, we're not giving the answers away, but it's definitely a donkey. <laughs> Question, question four. Robot dog? No goat. Some kind of bird? Swans? Must be swans. Question five. Question five. Question five. Ja, am Anfang ist es schwierig gewesen. Ich hatte ein paar längere Routen gehabt und da bin ich, ja. That is a goat. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go goat. Definitely a goat. Do you, know which, do you know which goat that is? That's uh, Big D, Daniel Hoodman. It is. It is Danny Hoodman, oldest ever world champion, certified goat. Can you get a trumpet? <laughs> oh, we got, we got the pig. <laughs> oh, like, oh, you can't it's tell good to be on this purpose. professional podcast, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the only plus 40-year-old who I won rock now. Yeah. He shared his stats yeah. today. First ever 40-year-old, I think. Yeah, first and only. That long distance was pretty damn impressive too. Yeah. What was he? Was he fifth, sixth? Sixth. Sixth. Yeah. 
it was Krifta and um, Emil Svensk sharing for. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our boy Thomas. That was Uganda, wasn't it? We taught him everything he knew. Yeah. That was damn impressive. Also because he didn't even have a clean race. He was really, he where really strong. Where did he miss? I don't remember seeing that on the TV coverage. He had like, I forgot the um, controls exactly, but he got two misses of like 45 seconds, I think. Okay. Oh. So still pretty, pretty good, good for long. Yeah. Yeah, surely. But it seemed like Casper uh, Matthias didn't really miss anything. Not a lot of list. Should we just clear up? Should we clear this up just for the, I have got question six and question seven, just to clear up for the listeners. Goat, greatest of all time. Daniel Hoodman, greatest of all time. I want to hear you. Pre- no, I want to hear your predictions. Will he be a world champion next year, as forty-one-year-old? Will he come back on the big scene? When he's ever going to stop? I had a bit of a chat to him at the party, and he he hadn't decided for sure that he was going to stop. There were still some thoughts about having another go next year. See, I I I don't know if I'd heard, but I thought everyone was talking that he was going to stop, and I got the impression from his long-distance Instagram post that. That was maybe the end, but um, I don't think. Um, I mean, you never know. I don't think he would win an individual sprint medal. He did mention that yes. since his gold in Riga in Latvia, that his sprint performances have been going down, but that the yeah. forest has been staying at a yeah the top level. So yeah. he wasn't sure about the sprint, but be interesting to follow. Definitely. Well, sorry. Do you do you want to actually? try and identify a, a real actual animal goat we got two more let's you got two more and that was the last one uh, i'm going the opposite number six I've, that was the goat I, i've 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 totally forgotten i'm gonna have to cheat i got seven uh, but six six is the goat this is a goat yes. and this is a sheep what a whack sheep uh, like a goat trust the new zealander to get those right Heard quite a few sheep in my years in Happy New Zealand. Sheep. My granny is a sheep farmer, so slight advantage there. Is there any difference between a European sheep and a New Zealand sheep? Maybe there's some different. The ones in New Zealand are upside down. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. I'm a city boy, so I, I've got no idea about sheep. It took me 15 years to realize that sheep actually have tails, but they just cut them off most of the time. Mm, they do. Actually, yeah. That's the same as pigs. Mine and my sister's job when we were little was to catch all the lambs and put them on this little conveyor belt to get their tails chopped off by granny. Brutal. <laughs> Pretty brutal. Yeah, it's the same with pigs. Got quite a brutal upbringing on that farm, actually. Yeah. Well, I was also born in the city, so I'm like half city kid and then learn a bunch of pretty crazy stuff out at the farm every weekend. It was nice to have a bit of both. Damn. Uh, who won that quiz? It was me. Sure. Again. I think I've taken the overall Fantastic. lead in quizzes. The actual um, quiz the an- was... Should I go through the animals? The animals are uh, number one, chickens. I think we got that. I think you got the chickens. Uh, what was number two? <laughs> number two, pig. Magnus got the donkey. That's a donkey. Very good. That's a swan. Geese. Geese. What? Isn't well, it the same thing? I mean, Almost. Big, big, big bird. And uh, yeah, and question five, Daniel Hoodman, certified goat. That was like that, I, I was so happy when I came up with this quiz. I <laughs> guess every animal we heard, plus the goat, something you could meet in the forest. Yeah. 
What is the most interesting thing you've met in the forest? Uh, I met a bear. In a bear? Oh, that's that's up there. That was pretty terrifying, if I'm going to be honest with you. Where did you um, meet him? Uh, in, oh, uh, Walk 93, Classic Terrain, Harriman State Park. Came off this little trail. We've been talking about bears, although there might be bears. And I ran up this hill to where I was going to start my little course and thought, ah, that log over there really looks like a bear. And then it moved. And I was like, right, I'm going to go and find some other controls somewhere else. That's scary. But then I'm speaking to the Americans. They're like, yeah, see them all the time. Like, they won't bother you. Just say hello to them. Unfazed? No, man, it's a, it's a bear. Come on. You seen any crazy wildlife while you're orienteering things? Trying to think. I think maybe a moose is the wildest, but it's not really wild compared to a bear. Oh, they're still pretty scary when you see them. It's a big animal. They're massive, yeah. aren't they, though? The moose. It's like bigger than, bigger than you think they are. Yeah. And you can sometimes hear them from a distance because they're so heavy in the terrain when they move. And I um, mean, like wild pigs. They're pretty scary. Yeah. Especially when they got kids. Wild, like wild boar? Yeah. Or wild pigs. One of the one of the other. Tim, Tim needs to answer. Boar. Boar? Boar. Okay, wild boar. Yeah. Swedish orienteer getting like stuck up a tree for several hours bit by one. Oh, man. I've not heard that story. Not that far from Stockholm, actually. Like one in like one of the close kind of Stockholm forests. Could it be in Lundsen? The forest I never. Uh, Augusta. You been there? No. Nope. South, not north. But it was Tim, really cool you to have a... got an animal? Mm, uh, probably also the moose. I've seen some snakes in Australia. That's always scary. Oh, yeah. Maybe the worst feeling, though, in Australia is when you run into a spider web and you just know that all of these spiders in Australia are extremely venomous. And you're just running, trying to get this spider web off your face. That can be quite scary. I know my mum's had a really bad experience with a cow in New Zealand. Um, she was running in a field and there was a steer. Like I said before, she grew up on the farm. So she's used to cows and sheep and different animals and how to deal with them. But this one was just having a really bad day and ran straight at her. And her only option, she wasn't anywhere near a fence. Her only option was to go into a marsh or like a big pond. And it ran straight over the top of her. She was quite lucky not to get hit in the way that she got knocked out. But um, it charged her, went into this big muddy marsh, and then turned around and ran off. Luckily, didn't come at her again. And she was able to get out of the paddock and jump the fence and walk back to the finish. But that was pretty scary. Damn. So watch out for cows if you're ever in New Zealand. They're a, lot, a lot more tame in Switzerland. Yeah. Uh, and they got bells on, so you, you always know know where they are. You can hear them coming. So, boys, what are your next big thing coming up? I'm going to World Cup in Czech next week. Same for me. Looking forward to it. That's uh, walk round two. Yeah, that's exciting. That's like in a week or so. Yeah, quite a short turnaround actually. So and some sprints. Yeah, sprints that's going to be fun. What about you? Any sprint training? We have. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're cheating, are you? Yeah, now we've done two sessions here on our little training camp. So going to be in top sprint form next week. That's scary to think of you in top sprint form, actually, mate. I've not been able to train very many hours, so I wouldn't be too worried. Just just silver or silver at Swedish Champs. Very Is topical. funny yet? <laughs> uh, I've always found it funny. 
we discussed that, didn't we? Did we? Yeah, yeah we did probably. last time, I think. Yeah. Damn. What about you, Magnus? What's up next for you? I still have the time to go before I have something big, but my aim is the European Sprint Champs. That's in the beginning of October, and I have at least a month before the selection races. So got some more time to train. I haven't been training for a lot due to all my sicknesses, but during the last couple of weeks, it's improving. So um, to have at least one more month of training would be quite nice, I reckon. Plenty of time. You looked strong when I was following on you, you on the bike the other day for your kilometer intervals. Starting to come back slowly, but um, it's been some time. We've all been training well. And I think last week was the first week back where I was like back to something um, normal, I would say. Good. So um, As long as normal is like sustainable, that's good. Yeah, I think it is. So uh, one or two months of that would be nice. It's a little bit nice in the background. It's uh, Tim, he left. He's going to put lasagna in the oven. Yeah, maybe it's time we disappeared actually. Time's almost up on the meeting. And uh, have, we dis- have we discussed everything? Not what you were having for dinner. I had a kind of couscousy Mediterranean salad type type thing before we actually started. That's early. Um, and we discussed do it. We discussed world champs, and we discussed the goat. So that's those are three things I'd remembered on my list. I think we've done. It well. was Yukula last time before. Yeah. Ah, it's all. And you boys were both right. NTNU he didn't win the men's, and Gothenburg won the women's. So do you want to pick? Tell us the lottery numbers as well shall we pick the world cup winners the czech republic yes two minutes hmm all right i'm going just well, the women pick, pick the, the mixed sprint picks the pick the mince mixed sprint relay winners mixed sprint relay because uh, that way we don't have to pick ourselves to win everything do we know if casper's uh, running yes so i think he is something wanna make me say sweden for the sprint relay i'm gonna go switzerland good what about you you're gonna say Great Britain? Oh, uh I'll pick I'll pick Norway then. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, we'll see. Uh Thomas Krifter win the long distance, do you think? That'd be nice to see. That would be cool. Yeah, he must be really keen in that. Didn't even f- yeah, surely. He's a beast. Yeah. I guess Tour's uh, favourite on the women's side as well, probably. Milo Snikudim did pretty well at work. And uh, in Czech Republic, he's pretty strong yeah, as well. He did. Yeah, yeah. That's right. He's won a World Cup in Czech Republic before. So also worth mention. We're going to do any more? I think it was good. Yeah. Right. Thanks, listeners. Um, see you in some time in the future. We'll try and be organized, but we can't promise anything because we're useless. Bye. Bye. Bye.